stand to your feet. We're going to go to the word of the Lord, the book of Matthew, chapter 22, and verse number 1. And if you'd stand with me, thank you for standing. Matthew, chapter 22, verse number 1. I want to thank, amen, Brother Paul and Sister Raina organizing the young people sitting in the front row. Amen. It's exciting to see what God's doing in the youth group. Amen. Matthew chapter 22. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 22 and verse number one. We're going to read a few verses of scripture this morning. All right. Sister Gina's already ready to go. Matthew chapter 22. In verse number one, and Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king. So God, Jesus begins to speak to the people through a parable, through a story, which is how he communicates a lot of uh, principles of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. Amen. Not very uh, appreciative of the invite. Verse number seven says, but when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready. Everybody say that with me. The wedding is ready. The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways. The book of Luke says, go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come, that my house may be full. But this, uh, in the book of Matthew, go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage, or invite to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, And gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. Amen. And the wedding was furnished with all guests. Was was furnished with guests. Verse number 11. And when the king came in to see the guests, he he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. He wasn't dressed appropriately. He did not have on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend... How camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless, did not have any words in response to the king. Verse 13, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. For there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. For many are called, but few are chosen. And for a few moments this morning, I want to preach on the wedding party. Amen. The wedding party. Could you set your Bibles aside and let's ask the Lord to help us today. 
Amen. Ask that God would anoint me as the preacher of the word and anoint your hearts and minds to receive. Amen. Let's lift our voices and talk to God. Jesus, we love you today. Jesus, we praise you today. Come on, I want to hear you talk to God this morning. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, I lift my voice and worship to you. There is nobody like Jesus in all the world. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Come on, let's worship him for a few moments. Let's worship him. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Lord, would you lead us and guide us? Would you direct us this morning? We give you the glory. We give you the honor, the praise, and the worship. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. And we are... Excited to be here. It has been denoted, the, it has been called the wedding of the century. The people's princess and her groom said, I do, those famous two words, I do, in 1981, in true royal fashion. With a $48 million bill, that was the price of this particular wedding. You probably already know what I'm talking about this morning. But after inflation in today's money, this, would, this wedding that I'm talking about would probably cost closer to about $110 million today. I'm referring to the wedding of Princess Diana and Prince Charles. Amen. It happened a few years ago to some of us. To others, it happened an eternity ago, 1981. That was the year I was born. Uh, this wedding was broadcast on television and seen around the world by about 750 million people. That's a lot of people. Amen. You thought you had a big wedding. Amen. This was the biggest wedding of all time. This was the most expensive wedding of all time. Amen. Princess Diana's wedding to Prince Charles took place at St. Paul's Cathedral, that beautiful place in London. And Lady Diana left Clarence House, as the story is accounted, and was transported to the main venue in a glass coach with her father, Earl Spencer. Amen. Some of us are looking at our wedding and thinking, man, my wedding was not this nice at all. Uh, we, I mean, we had a beautiful wedding, but the, this, this particular wedding just blows everything out. Uh, the streets of London were flooded with around 600,000 people trying to just catch a glimpse of Prince Charles and the bride-to-be on their special day. The ceremony itself was seen by a crowd in person of about 3,500 people, 3,500 people. Princess Diana's dress was an extravagant and much-anticipated sight to see. Everybody looks, amen, to see what the bride's going to look like, and they want to uh, take in the beauty of the bride. Uh, and her uh, dress 
was covered in 10,000 pearls, as according to one account, and complete with a 25-foot train, the longest in royal history. Amen. There were 27 wedding cakes at this particular celebration. According to the Tampa Bay Times in 2014, a Florida man, get ready for this, paid $1,375 at an auction to purchase a now nearly 37-year-old slice of the cake. I don't know if you caught that, but in 2014, somebody paid $1,300 for a 37-year-old slice of the cake. The point of this story that I'm talking about and opening this message today is a wedding is very important to a lot of people. Amen. When it comes to be your wedding or uh, your soon-to-be wedding or the past wedding that you were involved in, it was a very important time. It was very important to you. You wanted to make sure everything was just right. Everybody that meant anything in your life was there for your special occasion. You wanted everybody that ever meant anything in your in your world, in your life, to be there to witness that glorious occasion because that was your special day. And you wanted to make sure everybody was going to be there. And I'm going to tell you if it's important to us to be at weddings and to, and to be there and to have people that are important and special to us that we care about, it's also important to God. And this story that we read in the book of Matthew, a parable that Jesus tells, Matthew chapter 22, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king who threw a wedding for his son. And he sent out the invitation. He wanted everybody to come. Amen. How do you how did you feel when you remember getting an RSVP back for your wedding from somebody that was very important? And they said, I can't be there. You thought, man, you you should stop everything else in your life. You should cancel all your plans and be there for my wedding because this is what really means something to me. And the wedding invite went out. The king, uh, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. There was two invitations to this wedding. The first invitation happened uh, just like you send out a save the date. There's going to be a wedding. There's going to be a wedding. I want you to know there's going to be a day when, when the bride comes in and the groom comes together and they are wedded in holy matrimony. And then there's a second invite that would go out as it relates to this story. And this was at the specific time that the wedding was about to happen. As the wedding began to get closer, the day began to approach. A second invitation went out and said, get ready. It's going to happen any day now. Any moment now, the bride's going to come. The groom's going to come. And there's going to be a wedding. So there was uh, there was an invite that went out. The Bible says, uh, as Jesus begins to uh, relate what the kingdom of heaven is like, for us to begin to understand in our minds, amen, what, what it looks like, what heaven looks like, what the relationship between God and man looks like. And the Bible says uh, here in the red letter version, Uh, Verse number three, he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. Amen. The king sent forth his servants. He began to send out messengers. Amen. That would begin to invite people to the wedding. Amen. To to participate, to to witness, and to 
be a part of the wedding. And this sending forth of servants is representative of the messengers that God has sent to invite people to his kingdom. Can I tell you today that under the power of the Holy Ghost, I am here as a servant of the Lord, as a messenger of Jesus Christ, to tell you, amen, that there's coming a day when God's fixing to bring his people out of this world, and there's going to be a joining together of God's people to the groom that is Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you today it's coming, amen, in this particular uh Chapter in, in chapter 22 of Matthew, the Bible says that all things were ready. All things were ready. All things are ready if you are ready. I'm going to tell you today, there's, there's not a more appropriate time than the time we're living in today. Amen. This is the hour. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Right now is the expected time. Amen. I'm going to tell you today, God wants to work right here in this service this morning. It's the will of God that you and I experience the fullness of God's presence. The Bible, the story continues to go and it says, and they would not come. Amen. Those words ring out, they would not come. The servant of the Lord went out and he invited people to the wedding. He said, come, you've got to experience this. Amen. There's something that the king is inviting you today. The king is inviting you and I to experience what God has in store. Some of us, amen, will neglect the word that is going forth this morning. Because in this, in this chapter it says they would not come. They might have come if they had chosen, but they would not. They made up in their mind, I'm just not going to do that. The difficulty that people face in regard to salvation is in their personal will. Because you and I have a will. We have a human will. Amen. You and I, amen. I, as a pastor, I, as a preacher, Brother Walmer, amen, as a teacher and a preacher in this church cannot force you, amen, to come to grips with the preached word of God. But you have got to make up in your mind, I'm going to, I'm going to submit my will to God's will. I'm going to submit my will to God's will. Hallelujah. I'm going to submit my will to His will. God does not force people to come. You and I are going to have to overcome our will and surrender it to God if we are going to get to where God wants us to be. That's something that is a more profound than what I'm preaching this morning. That you, if you're going to experience what God has in store, somewhere along the line you're going to have to submit your will to God and say, ah, my flesh wants to do this. My flesh wants to be out on Friday night partying, amen, and carrying on and carousing and doing my thing and doing me. But if I'm going to experience what God has in store, I've got to submit my will to Him. I've got to lay it down on an altar of repentance like Brother Walmer preached, teached. Amen. I've got to lay it down on an altar and say, God, I'm submitting my will to your will. I'm submitting it to you. Amen. There are things that God will require of you that your flesh will not want to do. Amen. God wants everybody to be here on a Wednesday night, but not everybody comes. God wants you to be here, amen, for, for pre-service prayer, but not everybody comes. And it is, it is laying down your wheel on an altar and saying, God, I'm submitting my wheel to you. I'm submitting my wheel to you. The word of the Lord continues, and again, he sent forth other servants. I'm thankful that the first time God reached for me, even though I might have said no, God didn't stop.
stop with the first time. But God sent somebody else my way. And God sent somebody else your way. Amen. When you first rejected God and you first said, I don't want anything to do with God. God said, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to send you somebody else. You may have walked away from me as a young man, but I'm going to send you somebody else. I'm going to send you somebody else because, uh, you know, just because you reject God the first time. I'm so thankful that God doesn't give up on us. That God doesn't stop reaching for us. Amen. When we, amen. When we reject the things of God, God comes back again and He says, "Hey, I'm still serious about you. I really want you to be there." Again, He sent forth other servants who might press it upon their attention. So God repeats His message to sinners when they reject it. I'm going to tell you again, God will give you multiple opportunities to come. So that when the day of judgment happens and it comes and we stand before God, we're not going to say, we're not going to be able to say, well, God, if you really meant it, God, you would have sent me somebody else. God's going to look at some of us and say, I sent you multiple opportunities, Caleb. I sent you Sunday school teachers. I sent you preachers. I sent you young men to church. I reached for you, Ricardo. I reached, I reached, I reached, I reached, I reached. Yes, God. Yes. I didn't stop. I didn't stop. I didn't stop. I didn't stop. Some of us treat God like we do, like we did girlfriends, boyfriends, playing hard to get. We know this person loves us and we, nah, nah, nah. And they're reaching their, nah, nah, nah. Okay, okay. We play hard again. But God is reaching and God is serious about us. He's serious about you this morning. He's serious about you and I. And he reaches. Amen. The Bible says here, uh, and this is letting us know about some of the responses that we see in the world as it relates to a gospel message that goes forth. The Bible says in verse number five, but they made light of it. They made light of it and went their ways. Amen. They treated it with contempt. They treated the invitation to come with contempt as a thing of no consequence. Amen. I'm going to tell you, we need people to value the things of God. We need to value the things of God. Amen. We need to hold high. We need to cherish the preached word of God. If I come today and I say, Cato, I'm going to give you a guitar. He says, man, that's awesome. I love that guitar. I really want that guitar. And then he takes that guitar and he smashes it on the floor outside. I'm thinking, man, you don't even appreciate what I gave you. But sometimes God reaches for us and we come to an altar and God touches us. And we think, we say, thank you, Lord. I feel so good. And we go out and we just smash the repentance on the, on the outside ground. And God says, I want you to value the things of God. The things that God gave you, the revelation that God gave you in a church service, don't squander when you leave this place today. Amen. Value it. Hold it close to your heart. Cherish it. God, I thank you for the word that I received through the Brother Walmart's teaching. I thank you for the word I received through pastor's preaching. Thank you, Lord. I want to go back and I want to search the scriptures. I I want to make sure that I'm not making light of it. I'm not holding it with, treating it with contempt. The Bible says that one, in verse number five, it says one went to his farm. One of the individuals that made light of the invitation was so involved with their worldly employment. 
that they could not find in themselves to follow, amen, the voice of God. They were so consumed with their employment, with their farm, with their job that they did not have time. I'm going to tell you today, there are many people that your job can get in the way of you living for God. Your job can be the thing that destroys you and leads you down. So whatever job you take, whatever job you get, make sure this job is not going to keep me out of the presence of God. I'm not going to that worldly employment. It is thing to keep me from heeding invite of the Lord. No selfish enjoyment of possessions. The farm refers to things that are earthy. The world is more of more value to some people than God. But I believe this morning, I believe that in this place, you in your heart hearts recognize that He is more important than anything else in this world. He is the most important thing in my life. If my spouse leaves me, if my kids reject me, if my mother and my father reject me, the Lord will take me up. He's the most important thing in all of my life. He's everything to me. He's everything to me. He's everything to me. I wonder if we could just lift our hands and just talk to the Lord right now for a few moments. Jesus, you're everything. Jesus, you're everything to me, Lord. I love you, 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 Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible continues. Amen. In the last part of verse number five, and another went to his merchandise. Another went, uh, amen, just pursuing wealth. He went to pursuing things in this world. Amen. That is sometimes the the uh, the responsive people. Amen. I, I'm going to pursue wealth. I'm going to pursue my thing. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not going to allow God to interfere with my plans for my life. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do what I want to do. And when church happens on Sunday morning and it doesn't fit to my schedule, then I'm going to hope. I'm going to not do church. But I'm going to tell you, God's looking for somebody that says, I want to please Him. I want to lay aside everything. And I want to follow Him. I want to give Him everything. Hallelujah. You say, well, preacher, are you saying that I can't have a good job? Are you saying that I can't be wealthy? Are you saying that I can't have fun and enjoyment in life? No. Amen. God's blessed me. Amen. I'm a living witness that God can bless you if you'll make sure that in all all of your pursuits, He stays number one. He stays number one. Hallelujah. 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 I've told the story before. And it bears repeating today. Amen. I told my, my old boss a long time ago when he said, you got to work overtime on Wednesday night. And I said, no, no, I don't. Because Wednesday night is church night. Amen. And, he, and we went back and forth and we butted heads. And he would say, no, if you want to work here, you're going to work. When I tell him, I said, no, I'm leaving. You can watch me leave, sir. I'm going to come back tomorrow. I'm going to bust my butt. I'm going to work harder than anybody else here. But I'm leaving for church. Nothing is going to come between me and my Lord. Nothing is going to separate me. Nothing's going to get in my way. I can get a job. I can have wealth. But the moment it begins to separate me and God, it's got to go. It's got to go. It's got to go. 
make sure that I'm in the house of God and I'm not going to make light of the invitation, make light of the teaching, make light of the preaching, but I'm going to value it. I'm going to value it. I'm going to value it. You say, well, I'm not rejecting what you're preaching. I'm just excusing my behavior. I saw something when I was studying and preparing. It said excusing is refusing. Excusing yourself from the invitation is in essence refusing the invitation. I cannot be there uh, because I got other things that I got to do. I got to do laundry on Sunday mornings. I got to go wash clothes. I got to go to the Niners game. I got to go here. I got to go there. You say, well, I'm not rejecting God like you're making it out to be so dramatic, but excusing is refusing. The Bible continues, the story continues, and there was a remnant uh, of people that hadn't yet got invited, uh, and they entreated his servants spitefully. There was a remnant of people. There was a remnant of people. And they, when they received the invitation, they did not say, well, I'm going to go to my job, my farm. I'm not going to go to my merchandise. But they violently opposed it. There's a group of people, amen, that they, they're not just going to be nice about it, Brother Walmer, but Bishop Cameron, they're not going to be nice about it. Some, some people are going to say, well, I just... I want to be there, but I got this stuff going on. I'm going to be there. I got to work that day. Sorry, I can't be there. I got to take care of my merchandise. But there's going to be others that that they fight you and they and they violently oppose what you're doing. And there's going to be people, even as you're living for God today, and you're trying to do what's right, and you tell them, man, I went to church, and God saved me, and God delivered me, and God gave me the Holy Ghost. And they don't just uh, slight you, but they violently oppose. And they say, well, you're going to be disowned from our family. We're going to reject you. We're going to pretend it never happened. And we're going to beat you. I've heard many stories from missionaries, uh, one in particular in the the country of Africa, as one young girl, amen, came to live for the Lord. And she came from a Muslim background. And they were very entrenched in their faith in in, in Islam. And that young girl said, I came to church. I went to a Pentecostal church. Mom and dad, I got the Holy Ghost. I got baptized. And then the story goes from the missionary that they took that girl and they beat her to a pulp and they disowned her. And they said, if you want to live for God, then you're not going to be a part of this family. I'm not going to be your father and she's not going to be your mother. And there was violent opposition. But I'm going to tell you, there's a reward that comes when you overcome violent opposition. And when folks make up their mind, I'm going to oppose you living for God. I'm going to oppose you serving the Lord. Amen. You've got to make up your mind. I'm still going to live for God. I'm still going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do what's right. My mom, when she first came to the Lord many years ago, her parents put uh, upon her and, and my dad a restraining order. And they said, we don't want to see you. They practically disowned her. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, something happens. Something happens when you say, in spite of all of the obstacles, in spite of the opposition, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to give him everything. Amen. This is not free religion. This is not cheap religion. Amen. This is going to cost you something. But it's worth 
the cost and the price you've got to pay. It's worth every dime. It's worth every long mile. It's worth every heartache. It's worth it all. It's worth it all. Hallelujah. 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 These people that the Lord is referring to in this parable, amen, of the, uh, the wedding uh, that took place, amen, this, this parable teaches us many a thing about living for God. It teaches us many a thing about witnessing and about the interaction and the workings of the kingdom of God. Some people make light of it and they, they, they go to their jobs and they say this is more important. Some go to, to selfish pursuits and pleasures of the world and others oppose it violently. And then there's another category of people that we'll talk about in a moment. But the writer in St. Luke, as we mentioned from the beginning of this message today, as he's talking in verse number 9 of uh, the book of Matthew 22. Matthew 22 and 9 says, Go ye therefore to the highways, and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. But the writer in St. Luke says it a little bit differently. It's go out into the highways and into the hedges. Go out beyond the city walls. Go out outside of your comfort zone. And get out to where the old people are. Get out to where the regular folk are. Get out to where the halt and the lame and the maimed and the withered are. Those that have an apparent need for God. And reach for them. Reach for them. Reach for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This gospel is for everybody. This gospel is for the, the, the poor. It's for the rich. It's for the handicapped and the able body. It's for the blacks, the whites, the browns, the yellows, the reds, everything in between. This gospel is for whosoever will. And today, in 2019, there's still a call of God that's going out today. Whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever will, let him come. God's going to give everybody an opportunity. He's going to give the, the, the farmer with his job uh, an opportunity to come. Those involved in agriculture, those involved in earthly things. He's going to give the person with all the merchandise and the wealthy all of the opportunities to come. He's going to reach for those that even God knows in his heart, when I reach for them, they're going to reject it. But nevertheless, I'm going to let it be on their conscience. I'm going to let it be them that rejects me and not me that rejects them. And so God reaches for everybody. And in this service today, God is reaching for somebody. God's reaching for everybody here today. God is reaching. He's reaching. The call's going out. The invite's going out. Amen. You, you go down to your mailbox and you see a nice, beautiful envelope with pretty calligraphy handwriting. And it says to the Camarino family or whatever family you're a part of. And you look and it says you are hereby invited on this 14th day of January to this beautiful uh, holy matrimony. This, this beautiful union of this person and that person. You say, wow, that looks beautiful. i got to be there. Or you look at it and say, man, that doesn't fit with my schedule. That doesn't fit. Or you take that envelope and you send him a nasty letter and you send it back. I hate you. I wish you wouldn't get married. These are some of the examples. Some real life examples. We're seeing from the scripture. 
One person tossed the envelope aside. Said, that's not going to work. I'm a little bit busy that day. Another person just said, well, you know, I, I think I got to go jet skiing that day. Another person took the envelope and wrote some nasty uh, comments in there and sent it back. But somebody else said, yeah, I'll be there. And here's where we begin to find ourselves. In the word of the Lord. The parable of the marriage supper. This parable that Jesus began to tell the people on this day was concerning the rejection of the Jews and the calling of the Gentiles. There was a designated group of people that God was reaching for. But those people that he was reaching for, they rejected him. They played hard to get for so long. Uh, they, they put him and they gave Jesus the palm. They said, not now, not you, not today, and not here. Well, forget it. We don't want to go to your party. We don't want to be a part of that. And the Jewish people, they rejected God. But there was a Gentile people that said, can I go? Can I go to the party? Can I get to the wedding? Can I be a part of something beautiful, something glorious? Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be the one with my hand up saying, Jesus, pick me. Jesus, let me come. I want to go there. I want to be there. I want to be a part of something beautiful, something great, something glorious. Hallelujah. Perhaps the people that were receiving the that received the final invitation, the halt, the main, the blind. Perhaps they probably looked at him. Give me your hand. They probably said, You sure you want me? I'm kind of rough. Are you are you sure you, you want you want me? I'm, I'm embarrassing. I got this limp. I, I got this this disability. I, I don't. I'm not Jewish. I'm, it's this is a uh, this feel. I don't feel like I fit into this church. I don't feel like I fit into the plan. Amen. And I wonder what they felt like. But at the end, Amen. The messenger said, "Yes, I mean you. I want you to come. I want you to partake of something beautiful. I want you to be a part of, of this wedding. I want to put my hand upon your life. I want to bless you." Amen. That's what God wants to do. God wants to take those that look at themselves and say, I'm disqualified because of this, because of that. My dad was a drug addict. Mama was an alcoholic. Mama beat dad and dad beat mom. And there was so much fighting and confusion and chaos. How could I be a part? How could I be a part? How could I be a part? I, I don't know if I'm worthy to be there. But God said, regardless, I want everybody to come. I want everybody to come. Bring your handicap. Bring your sickness. Bring the halt. Bring the lame. Bring the, the main. Bring the blind. Bring them. Bring them. Bring them. Because I want my house to be full. I want my house to be full. The Bible says he came unto his own. And his own received him not. He came to his own. And his own received him not. He showed up. It'd be like. Brother Nathan. You go and visit your mom. And you get there. And you're, and you're trying to say. Well I want to come and just hang out. And just haven't seen you in a while. And she says. You're not coming in this door. You filthy piece of scum. You would think, 
what? You're not welcome here. I don't know you. You'd probably you'd get mad. But Jesus showed to his own people. And his own people said, we don't want you here. Crucify him. We reject him. We, we don't like you. We don't like the way you're bringing about the message. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Amen. But if there's anybody here today that says, I want God. I want God in my life. I'm going to tell you, that's the one that God is looking for. Somebody that just says, I want what you have for my life. I want what you have for my life. I want it. I want it. I want it. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. If you don't like your family history, if you don't like, amen, the fact that you were dealt a bad hand at birth, amen, or in the course of your marriage, or in the course of your kids growing up, you don't like where you are right now, you can change that situation. You can become something better than your natural family tree. If all you've ever known was confusion and distortion in relationships, if all you've ever known was abuse, if all you've ever known was chaos, you can become a part of the family of God. You see, the highways and the hedges, those are streets on the outside of town. Those are streets that begin to converge to create one central entrance to the city, the town center. And he said, go out into the highways and the hedges. Those lost, those forgotten, those hidden in the shadows. Get them. Bring them. Bring them. I'm going to tell you the day is going to come in this church when there's going to walk in a bum off the street that stinks and is unshaven. And looks like a mess. But when that person walks in, they're welcome. They're welcome. He's reaching for them. He's saying, I want to save everybody. I want to save everybody. Amen. There's going to be people that walk in, amen, fresh out of prison. And they say, I want God in my life. We're not to look at him sideways. We're to say, come on in. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Let's clap our hands and worship the Lord today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This marriage was a very important occasion, as every marriage is. Marriage is that lifelong choice. That two people made. One male and one female. One male and one female. And I'm proud that the word of the Lord distinguishes. I'm proud that the word of the Lord distinguishes. It's a big deal. And it's not something to be entered into casually or haphazardly. Amen. But we're to cherish our marriage partner, our marriage spouse. The There was another man that we haven't talked about yet in this parable. That we come to discover. And this was a man that said he got the invitation. The same one you and I got. But when he got there, he wasn't uh, obedient to the uh, organizer of the wedding, if you will. 
There was a specific garment that you had to wear when you came to a wedding that we're reading about in Matthew chapter 22. And the wedding host provided those white robe garments for every wedding guest. They wanted everybody to, to have on a certain robe. And to, they, wanted, they wanted there to be a uniform, if you will. This is how you dress when you come to a wedding. Because a wedding is sacred. And we are to dress appropriately for a wedding. You're to dress appropriately for weddings today. When you go to a wedding, you don't show up in your, unless it's a beach wedding, you don't show up in your shorts and flip-flops and tank top and a ball cap on. Because the wedding, the bride could become bridezilla and could eat you up. (laughs) And you don't want that. You don't want to ruin a beautiful day. But there's a way to dress when you go to a wedding. Why do we dress why do we dress up when we go to weddings? Somebody tell me. Lots of responses. Amen. It's a sacred event. It's a sacred event. We dress up when we go to weddings because it's sacred. What else is sacred? We come to church. And we ought to dress up for church. Because wedding's sacred. Oh, church is sacred. The two are sacred. Right. We dress up to go to a wedding. We don't show up in, in, in jeans with holes in, in our pants. And we don't show up with, with all, all just however we want to show up. But we, we, we get ready. And when we come to the house of God, we recognize it is sacred. And we, we get ready. And we prepare ourselves. And we say, I'm going to be there. And I'm going to dress accordingly. And Jesus gives us another example. Because he says there was a wedding guest that showed up. And he just showed up in the old way. He just says, well, I'm just going to put anything together and I'm just going to show up. The garments worn on festival occasions were chiefly long white robes and it was the custom of the person who made the feast to prepare such robes to be worn by the guests. This renders the conduct of this man more inexcusable because there was a way in which the master said, this is how you show up. This is how you get ready. This is how you come before my presence. And this man just said, I'm going to just throw it together. And any old way will do. I'm going to tell you, there's a danger in hypocrisy. There's a danger in hypocrisy. A garment of salvation might be his. Amen. Performed by the hands of the Savior and died in his blood. But the hypocrite chooses the filthy rags of his own righteousness. The hypocrite comes and says, I'm just good like I am. I don't need to repent, Brother Walmer. I'm good by myself. The, the, the hypocrite says, uh, I'm just going to stay the way that I am. I'm good enough. You're not just lying to yourself. You're, you're, just, you're lying to everybody else around you. And nobody believes the lie. Amen. The, our righteousness to God is as filthy rags. And thus, the, and thus offers the highest contempt for that provided in the gospel. You can't come to God and expect to leave your old filthy garments of sin when God wants to put on a robe of royalty upon you. When you come to God, there must be for the woman repentance. There's got to be repentance. There's got to be. I'm taking off the old and I'm putting on the new. And I'm saying, Jesus, I want to put on a robe of royalty. I want to put on your righteousness in my life. I'm not just going to come any old way. Another principle we see from this account 
is that showing up, amen, while it might be half the battle, showing up in and of itself is not enough. It's not enough to say, well, I attend this church on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. I've been attending there a long time, but I've never, I've never gotten ready. I've never cast off my old garments and put on a white robe of his righteousness. And so when the, the Lord of the wedding asked him, the Bible says he was speechless. He had no excuse. And today in this place, we are without excuse. We're without excuse. We are without excuse. Beautifully said earlier in red, I think it was Sade that read it. Acts chapter 2 and 38, Peter said to them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gospel message summed up in one scripture, in one verse. The royal marriage feast that we're talking about today. There was four different ways that people treated God's invitation in the gospel. Number one, some complacently ignored it and went their ways to their farm and their merchandise. Number two, the second type of person, they, they had the gospel offer, but they violently rejected it. And there is still a violent rejection of the gospel by people today. And number three, there was the inconsistency and the insolence of the man who professed to accept the invitation. I accepted the invitation. I accepted it. But that alone, in and of itself, was not enough. He pushed into the festival hall without having on a wedding garment. And the fourth one in the category which we must fall in today is receiving the gospel invitation and sincerely and wholeheartedly accepting it. There has to be that today. There has to be that. If we could stand to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. The book of Genesis chapter 24 gives an account of Abraham. Abraham looking for a spouse for his son, Isaac. Abraham looking for a bride. He sends out his servant and says, go into this specific land and find a bride for Isaac. She's out there somewhere. She's out there. Servant, you gotta find her and you gotta bring her back. You've got to put her through a couple of tests. But at the end of the day, amen, that would-be bride had to be willing to follow Abraham's servant back to where the groom was. Amen. A groom she had never met before, uh, but that she soon would meet. Amen. And today the message is very simple, and it's very similar to Abraham's search for a bride for his son Isaac. There's a call that goes out. And there's a search that ensues. Somebody seeking to find people that are hungry. Seeking to find people that are thirsty. But when the invitation reaches your ears. When the invitation reaches your heart. You've got to be, you've got to be the one that says, I, I'm going to accept the invitation. And now I'm going to come. There's going to be faith. Amen. There's going to be works that are mixed together. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. 
I'm going to come. To the young kids and the older, younger kids, many of us have played a fun game of hide and seek a time or two. Play hide and seek. Somebody gets in the corner and they cover their eyes and they count to 10 or 20 or whatever uh, torturous number it is. And they, they call out the, the numbers as they're counting them. And everybody else runs and hides. And then that one person goes out and tries to look behind every obstacle, every object, and tries to find where is where is everybody. i got to find them. Uh, the same thing is happening today. Amen. Except some people, uh, they're, they're still hiding. They're still hiding. They found them a good spot to hide in. And as long as the preacher doesn't come my way, I can keep hiding. I can keep hiding. But God is looking for somebody today that is willing to accept an invitation. I said, I'm going to come. I'm going to get myself ready. I'm going to cast off little garments. And I'm going to repent. And I'm going to come. And I'm going to lay my life down before him. I'm going to give myself. I'm going to give myself. God has been looking for you. And every time he thought he found you in the past, you ran and hit some more. But now this morning, you're in the house of the Lord. And God is reaching for you again today. And he wants all of you. He wants your complete commitment to living for him. He wants a complete commitment. Jesus, I'm praying right now in this place. That you would talk to hearts, you would talk to lives, you would talk to every mind in this place, God. God, we're lifting up our hands today. We're we're worshiping you. We want to know your voice, God. We want, God, your perfect will, Lord. Come on, I need somebody to pray. I thought I was in an apostolic church. Come on. Come on, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a coach. I'm not a babysitter. I'm not a cheerleader. I believe that you've got a desire in your heart. And when God speaks, you've got to reach out to Him. Come on, I need every hand up, lift every eye closed. Reaching out to Him this morning. God's fixing to move in this place today. Come on. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I feel your presence in this place today, Lord. I feel your presence in this place today. Come on, I've preached about I've preached about an invitation this morning. And now I'm going to give another invitation. If you want what I'm preaching about this morning, I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to make it right with God. I don't want to be the one that rejects it. 
I don't want to be the one that looks at it with contempt. I don't want to be the one that says, it, you know, that doesn't fit with my lifestyle. That doesn't fit with my schedule. That doesn't fit with the things that I want to do in my life. I don't want to be like that individual. I don't want to be the one that violently opposes it. But I want to be the one that says, I hear the call of God this morning. And I'm going to make my way to an altar. And I'm going to lift up my hands before the Lord. And I'm going to respond right now. Amen. This altar is open. If you'd like to come, I want to invite everybody to come to this altar. Lift up your hands to the Lord. I'm through preaching. If you want what I'm preaching about, this altar is open. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, there needs to be more up here this morning. I'm afraid there might not be, yo, there, not, there might not be people that are at the wedding. Marriage shut for the Lamb. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I worship you, Lord. step outside of their comfort zone. Somebody that will say, God, I'm not going to reject the, the message that's preached. It may not be the thing I want to hear, but it's what I need to hear, God. And I'm going to receive your word in my life. Hallelujah. Come on, any folks to help me pray this morning. Come on, let's reach out to God. Come on, close your eyes, open up your mouth, and begin to talk to God. God, I need you today.
I gotta put this away. Alright, I gotta get one, okay? Yeah, just don't go on. Come on, let's go.
Thank <laughs> you. 